Now, we have to remember when we talk to people around us that when, they, when you think of God, they may think of someone, some kind of amorphous concept, some force out there, or something very distant from them. The idea of having a relationship with God might seem kind of strange and distant to them. It's kind of like, I think, perhaps like the idea of the president of the United States. You know, the president is kind of out there, and we, we know he's there, but the idea of having a relationship with the president of the United States seems something like far and distant. But I was remember, as I was thinking about this concept and the difficulties people have, I remembered uh, some friends of mine um, whose father was a good friend of John McCain. And John McCain ran for president in 2008, and they were really excited about it, not only because they supported him and his policies, but they thought it would be really cool to have a friend in the White House. And what if we could see God that way? What if we saw God as sort of the friend who's, in the, who's ruling the universe? Well, that's what God reveals to us, and I hope that we'll be able to see that today. Uh, but in order to do that, I want us to see a general principle of friendship here. Then I want us to see what it tells us about Jesus and friendship. And then we'll look at how we live out that friendship with Jesus. Because it's one thing to say, hey, I'm going to be a friend of Jesus. But what does that really look like day by day to live as some, with someone, to be a friend of Jesus whom we can't see with our eyes? So that's what we're going to look at, the three points from this morning. So first, the lesson about friendship in general. The lesson comes from verse 15 that we read. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And so the simple lesson is that friends are those who share with one another. Friends are those who share with one another about their lives and so on. This really can be done in two ways. One is that we share the problems that we're facing, the things that we're struggling with, uh, that the things that we've experienced in the past. And we all need those people in our lives with whom we can be open up about the struggles, the temptations, the hurts that we've experienced. But the second part, and the part that is probably more connected to the idea of friendship, is sharing what our plans are. It's oriented towards the future. What are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to do? We share those things. That's what Jesus is talking about here primarily. Now, he shared about his sufferings, but he also says, I'm telling you what I'm doing. I'm telling you what my plan is in this world. I'm telling you what I'm trying to accomplish. And I'm sharing that with you so that you can know. And that's why, as we said, friendship is about something. It's about doing something. And so <clears throat> what's close to that concept is the idea that we share what our plans are, what our ideas are, the things that we want to do in the future, and then help each other with that and work alongside one another. There's a huge benefit to having friends with whom we can share what is going on in our lives. And unfortunately today, in spite of the fact that in a way we can communicate so easily and readily with so many people, yet 
in point of fact, we often, people have noticed that they have less people with whom they can really share what's going on. And of course, we know like social media, you present a certain face to the world. It's not a place necessarily to share all your struggles, though some people try to do that. Um, but it's, it's mainly a place you present certain, hey, this is what happened. But you have people who can really go to the depths with you. And what we see is that a lot of times in our society, in spite of all that, that people have less and less than they recorded years ago. That's what surveys have shown. But if we can have someone like that, it is something that can be a huge blessing to us. I was, I was reminded of this when I, when I read um, a story from Alan Loy McGinnis, who wrote a book called The Friendship Factor. And he says, it's, the subtitle was, How to Get Close to the People We Care About. Well, he was a psychologist. And one reason we so often have to go to psychologists is because we don't have friends with whom we can share the things in our lives. It's not to say we shouldn't do that or that it's bad to go or anything like that. They can be helpful at times. But we also can think about some of the things we share with psychologists are things that people in the past might have shared with their good friends. And that's what Alan Loy McGinnis said. He had a woman come in, and she was telling him about all her, um, all her problems and difficulties. And then he asked her, do you have someone with whom you can share these types of things? And she said, yes, I definitely do. There's a woman, who's, she's a little bit older than me. But I always can go talk to her and share. And he said, well, what happens when you do that? Well, it kind of gives me relief and I'm able to, kind of, and able to go forward. And so he asked her, do you really need to come see me? Maybe you can just meet with your friend. And she's like, you're right. And so she never came back, but she had the support and help that she was looking for. And he just helped her see that. Now, how do we get there? How do we get to a point where we can share? Well, we may not want to start if you say like, one is the least intimate and 10 is the most intimate. You may not want to start at 10 and say, today I'm going, to, I'm going to tell the most intimate details to the first person I meet and see if I can build a friendship. Maybe start like five or six. That might be a good place to start. But one thing I found is that you can kind of experiment with this a little bit. You know, you get together with someone or you talk to someone and you can share a little bit about what you're going on in your life, about what your plans are, and see how they react. Then ask them if they can do the same and see if there's kind of a chemistry there. And what you'll find then is some of those, some of those will really begin to gel, and those can be the foundations for friendships. You also may already have people in your life that are like that. And one thing is to, to remember that even if you haven't been in contact with someone for a long time, that a person who's been that person for you can still be that person for you a lot of times. You can give them a call. And so also remember that you have those resources, that there are people. And that's one thing I often ask people when they're struggling. It's like, who are the people you've shared with in the past? Maybe you can give them a call. And I read an interesting study just this morning that kind of fit in with this that showed that one quality conversation per day with a friend can, can increase our well-being. And so it, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be in-depth, but just connecting with someone who's a friend or you know who you care about. Uh, better in person than on the phone or online, but still, if you can't do that, better to have something than nothing, some connection. 
And that can begin to give us what we need as human beings for connection. So that's the lesson of friendship, that a friend is someone you can share things with and who shares things with you. But of course, what this passage teaches us is the amazing thing that we have a friend who's better than any of the friends that we have that we may have been thinking about in this discussion. And that is Jesus himself. Jesus calls us friends. And that is an amazing blessing. That's what he says in verse 15. He says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. Now this would be maybe a little bit more meaningful for the disciples than it was for us. Because when they thought, if, if someone says, you are a slave of God, because in the Greek language, the word for servant and slave is the same. And so you, you could hear, when you say servant, you'd hear slave, you hear slave, you had servant. Both concepts are there. But if I say that, you know, God wants you to be his slave today, you'd be like, man, I don't know about that. I don't like the sound of that. Servant, we could kind of deal with. But understand that for the people in, um, <coughs> in Jesus' day, the idea of being a slave of God or a servant of God was not a problem. They actually thought that was a good thing. To be completely owned by the Lord, totally under his command, that was okay. Because everything he commanded is good and right. And that I get to do that is an incredible privilege. So they wouldn't have heard, I call you servants, and that's bad. We want to be friends instead. They would have already thought, we're your servants. That's great. But then, but they also would have seen, but that there's another level. And they said, but still we go even deeper. That God would call us his friends. Now, in, in the Bible, you will see that God calls certain people his friends. For example, Abraham. Abraham is called the friend of God. And you could see what that looks like. God shared with Abraham the things that he was going to do. The, his, his plans for the future, his plans for the work on earth, his plans even for judgment. And he talked to Abraham about it. That's what it means to be his friend. So they might have heard, when they heard friends of Jesus or friends of God, they might have thought of Abraham. But what Jesus is saying is, you're on that same level. I want you to be my friend just like Abraham was. And that is an amazing blessing. I like uh, William Barclay, his comments on this. He said, Jesus calls us to be his friends and the friends of God. That's a tremendous offer. It means that no longer do we need to gaze longingly at God from afar off. We are not like slaves who have no right, whatever, to enter into the presence of the master. We are not like a crowd whose only glimpse of the king is in the passing of some state occasion. Jesus gave us this intimacy with God so that he's no longer a distant stranger, but our close friend. That's how we are to think of our friendship with Jesus. Jesus calls them friends and calls us friends. But you also see in the blessing of Jesus that Jesus did this because Jesus made a choice. Jesus made a choice. When you think about the men he calls friends here, there's really no reason why these should be his particular friends. There's, and they're not particularly great. They don't seem to understand really that much of what Jesus is doing. They're continually making mistakes. 
They're fighting all the time over what, uh, who will be the greatest. And they don't even seem to get his mission. In addition, they're sinful people who've merited not the friendship of God, but the wrath of God. And so how is it that Jesus calls them friends? Well, he says, I made a choice to call you my friends. And what does this refer to? Well, it refers to the apostles, first and foremost, because remember, uh, Jesus had chosen a lot of his, out of a lot of his friends, 12 of them to be his special companions, to be with him and to work with him in what he was doing in the kingdom of God. He chose them in particular so that they would bear fruit and so they'd be able to do more than they'd ever done before. But we can also say that this idea that where Jesus says, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you, is also a general one in the, ch- in the church. That we can say, as, as Paul says in Ephesians 1 verse 4, that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, sometimes people get, get this confused because, you know, we're conscious of choosing Jesus. And these men made a choice to follow Jesus they chose to do this. They knew that in their minds and hearts that, that that's what they had done. And we have the same experience. But we also can recognize in the depths of our being that why is it that we made that choice? We have to see that it's because of the grace of God. And we give God thanks that he enabled us to come to him. We give God thanks that he enabled us to praise him. And so that all of us can say, In one sense, I'm not really here because I was originating this, because I was making the choice. It was Jesus who was reaching out to me in a way that I didn't deserve, and it was an amazing grace and blessing. And this is all the more amazing when we think that really, if you think about it, it should be the reverse. I mean, whereas Jesus had very little reason to want to be friends with us, or with the apostles, we have every reason to want to be a friend of Jesus. He's the ruler of the universe. He's the one who's all wise. He's the one who could teach us. He's the one who can forgive us. He's the one who can lead us in the right path. He's the one who can defend us. He's the one who can provide for us. He's the one who can take care of us. We would want to be his friends, but we didn't initiate it. He initiated friendship with us. And that's what's so astonishing and a cause for everlasting praise and glory to his name. Jesus called us friends. He made, us, he made a choice to call us friends. But he also had a purpose in doing that. Jesus had a purpose. Remember what, what I said earlier and have said throughout this series. Friendship is always about something. You don't get friends by seeking friends. You get friends by doing stuff together that then builds a camaraderie that can become one of the deepest things deepest relationships that we have. And it's no different in friendship with Jesus. Friendship with Jesus is about doing things for him in the world. It is about connecting with Jesus and doing what he wants in the world. Jesus says, notice when he calls them friends, what does he say? He says, I'm telling you what I am doing. It's about the actions that he's going to do in the world. It's about his building up of the kingdom. And that's what he's telling them about. And that's why he calls them friends, because they're about building up the kingdom in the world. 
He says, why did I choose you? I didn't choose you so you could just say I'm chosen and I'm, I'm there and I just get, I get good things. He chose you so that you would bear fruit. Fruit that will last. This friendship is meant to result in something. Just as all friendships would because they aim at something. And so for, to lean into the friendship of Jesus, it's got to be about doing things in this world that Jesus is interested in. The things of creation that he has made. He's interested not just in salvation. He's interested in this world that it would, would grow, that it would prosper. So he's interested in building families. He's interested in building friend, having us build friendships with people. He's interested in us being involved in our community. But he's also interested in us bringing the world back to him. So he wants us to help each other do that in the church. He wants us to reach out to the people around us. He wants us to find ways to serve. He wants us to use our gifts to contribute to the work of his kingdom. And all those ways and many, many more. Jesus is calling us to be his friends. His friendship has a purpose as all friendship does. It's always aiming at something. Now, when we think of friendship, we think of being with people, right? I mean, you're going to go do stuff together. So the question is, how do you have a friendship with Jesus when you can't go sit down and have a cup of coffee with him or go out to eat or go bowling with him? How do you have a friendship with Jesus? Well, honestly, this is the same question that the apostles would have. Because they had actually done stuff with Jesus. They'd walked all over Israel. They had ministered together. They had eaten together. They had gone, uh, traveled together. And they had probably played games together. They'd done all kinds of stuff together. So now what does it look like for these people who had been with Jesus so long in, in person? What does it look like for them to continue this friendship with Jesus because Jesus is going to go away. He's going to die and he's going to rise again. Then he's going to go sit at the right hand of the Father. What does it look like for them to have a friendship with Jesus? Well, the first thing is that they would listen to what he is doing. Remember, he says friendship is about telling them what he's doing. So they would listen to what Jesus is doing. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 7. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So he says, I'm going away, and you will not see and experience my human nature, Jesus is saying, as you have, but my words remain with you. And by those words remaining in you, those words, then I am remaining in you, Jesus says. And he puts it a little bit differently in verse 14. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. So you take what he has taught, you take what he has commanded, and you listen to that. And that's our way of listening to what he is sharing with us. And that's what you're doing today, in essence. And hopefully you're doing throughout the week, is listening to what Jesus wants to share with you. But Jesus doesn't, didn't want them just to share. He didn't want to just share with them. He wanted them to share with him what they were doing. Notice what he says in verse 16. He says, 
You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. What he's saying is just like you pray to God, you can pray to me and you can ask me for things. In other words, tell me what you're doing. Tell me what your plans are. Tell me what you're struggling with and then ask me to do things and you'll experience that I give those things to you. That's how we build the friendship. Just like you would with, some, with someone here. You, you share what you're doing and, and they share what they're doing. They may ask you for some help. You share what you're doing. They ask you for help. And that builds the friendship as you do that over time. That's what we're doing with Jesus. But that's not the end of it. They would also engage in the activities that Jesus is interested in. As we talked about in creation and redemption. What he says is that you do what I command you to do. Commands are not just to be there so that we can think about them. They're there so that we can do something about them. And so what that means is not just that we're obeying rules, though there's nothing wrong with rules, but that we're seeing what is Jesus really interested in and getting involved in that. For example, you know, one thing that might not be our priority is that to care for the least of these, the people that we might not see that might be forgotten in our society. But Jesus emphasizes over and over again that he's concerned about these people. And that he wants us to make it a priority in our lives that that needs to fit somewhere. And so if we're to engage with what Jesus is interested in, then we'll be involved with what he what we might call the least of these, the, the forgotten, the people who are most in need, the people that we would just pass over. That's one example of being involved in things Jesus is interested in. But then fourth, they would also connect with his friends. They would connect with his friends. That's what he closes this section with. This is my command, love each other. And this has a twofold purpose. In loving each other as he loved them, building friendships with other people, they would experience, um, they would be able to show Jesus their love by loving each other. But then they would also be able to experience the love of Jesus as they engaged with other people. And so it's particularly in the church that we experience the friendship with Jesus. Jesus makes it very clear here. If you want to be my friends, be friends with my friends. That's how it works. And so if we're going to build friendship with Jesus, we build friendship with one another. That's what he means here, to love each other in that sense. Love each other as I have loved you. In that way, they would still be able to connect with Jesus and live as his friends. I want to just conclude by kind of summarizing what I've already said about friendship. Just to kind of reiterate these key points, and I hope you'll take away from what we've talked about. So just five things, real quick. First, friendship is about something. Friendship is about having interests in something. You don't aim at friendship. You aim at, the, at doing things. And friendships develop out of that. Second, friendships develop over time. You can't have your best friend in, in one day. 
It's got to be something that develops over time. It's as you do things together and build that camaraderie over time that you will experience that, just as Jesus built that friendship over time with the apostles. But third, even though it may start being interested in other things, it can develop into one of the deepest loves and bonds that we have in this life. And that you can see that by what Jesus said, where he says, no greater love has any man than this, that he would lay down his life for his brothers. That's the amazing thing about friendship. It can become a laying down our life for our brothers type friendship. Fourth, friendship is an amazing resource to to have. We need people with whom we can share our concerns, our struggles, and our plans. And when we have that, it's a huge blessing. So it's something that we should pursue and be ready to make available to others. But finally, and the most amazing thing, is that Jesus wants to have that type of relationship with you. You know, we talk about Jesus, and we we often will say, you know, that he wants to care for us, he wants to forgive us, he wants to shower his love upon us. And sometimes we can miss that, though all those things are true and amazing, he also wants to come alongside us and be our friend. And the purpose of that friendship is that we would do things in the world. The Lord... Jesus is interested in making this world what he called it to be. And he calls people like you and like me to come alongside him in being his friends to to transform this world into what he wants us to be. That is an amazing, amazing thing. So my friends, let's lean into that and appreciate this amazing and wonderful gift that Jesus offers us to say, I call you friends. Amen.